welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I'm your host. And joining me on the show today, we have author of several books, all the way from picture book up to middle grade. Uh, you might know her for the series of Pirate Blunderbeard or the House at the Edge of Magic series. It's Amy Sparks. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much. And yeah, thank you for inviting me on. It's wonderful. It's not a problem. It's lovely to have you on the show. Uh, get to know new authors for the first time. Picking up new people's books really is something fantastic. Obviously, it's a new year, so it's nice to get to know new people. And so because you are new onto the show, Amy, let's get to know you a bit better. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into writing? Maybe a little bit of uh, a snippet of your journey, maybe some of the highs and lows from all the beginning to where you are now. Wow, well, it's quite a lot to cover, actually, because um, I've been writing, uh, my first book was out in 2009, and that was a picture book called Hodge the Hedgehog. So that seems a very, very long time ago when I was writing Hodge, um, and that was uh, because I had a two-year-old at the time, and he just, for some reason, just couldn't say the word hedgehog that that day. I mean, he's been able to say the word hedgehog all the way up to that point, and he just couldn't do it. And he was saying Hodge, Hedge, Hedge, Hodge, Hodge, Hog, and he couldn't get it. And it was so cute. And um I remember just turning around saying to him, ah, Hodge the Hedgehog, Hog the Hedge. And just that kind of moment of um, just listening to my my little boy. And that's what triggered off the first story. Um, and I wanted to write for a while. And that was the one that, yeah, I, I sent off to um, to a publisher I was keen to work with. And, yeah, I was very lucky that it, it just sort of took off from there. Indeed. And like you said, uh, in that introduction, I said that you've done everything from sort of like uh, pitch books. You've done some chapter books, sort of Pirate Blunderbeard is sort of in that sort of age range. And your middle grade series, the first one that you really sort of like dived into, The House at the Edge of Magic. Um, really fascinating the idea because it's got a little bit of everything to it. It's got some uh, whimsy. It's got a great protagonist. It's got a little bit of everything. Uh, it has me wondering, obviously, where you came up with the idea for sort of Nine and the whole character and realm about the house um do you want to tell us a little bit about how that story started yeah it's it's really interesting well actually um I often think back to, to how it all started so I'd been writing picture books for a while and then I started writing the Pirate Blunderbeard series which was uh, for slightly older like seven plus and I'd wanted for ages to write um a novel for middle grade so looking at the older ones um but I've uh, I've got six kids and it, they keep me very very busy so I kept thinking well I'll just wait I'll wait I'll wait it'll get quieter I'll write it at some point and of course with six kids quiet never happens so it's like well okay I have to I have to do it or I don't there's never going to be a good time so this was kind of very much in my mind and round about the same time I kept having this repetitive dream and uh, I, I don't know how often it happens, several times it happens, uh, maybe not every night, but it was me going inside this building and there were ladders and there were staircases, so many doors. And it was different every time I entered the dream. And I would go through a door and I would sort of end up climbing through a passageway or finding another strange staircase or finding something behind the door and go through there. And I'd come up in another place in this house. And this was all that happened. There was like no great surprises, but I was just in this curious house with all these doorways. 
And I remember thinking, this this is something I need to explore. My brain is telling me um, in my sleep that I need to write this story. Actually, since I've started writing the story, I've never had that dream again. So I think it was um, just, yeah, my subconscious just saying, just write the story. So I did. Um, it was really quite hard because I, I did have a, a, a very young baby at the time. So I, I snuck in the writing uh, time when I could. And um, yeah, when I, when I first started writing it, it was actually quite a different version. I wrote three chapters and it was set in the modern day and it had two twins as a protagonist. Um, and the same thing happened with the, the house uh, being discovered, but it was just an invisible house that they kind of bumped into by accident and something just didn't feel right to me and I thought something something's going to have to change so I'd, I'd written three chapters and I, I was getting that feeling I guess all the way through but you kind of think it's easier just to say oh just keep trying it'll get better um so I right back to the beginning and started thinking okay where is this house where has it come from what's the secret um and who is the character that's finding it because these twins that I have aren't right and I think increasingly I realised it needed to go back in time to a kind of a quasi-Victorian sort of era, um, which is great for that sort of darker, magical kind of stuff. Um, and I just had this image of this girl, uh, a very feisty young lady, um, with her arms folded, sort of tapping her foot impatiently, waiting there for the story to be told. And she very, very quickly came, um, just came into being almost as soon as I put the house back like 200 years it was it was there it, it all kind of came together after that yes because nine's got this lovely sort of start to it where she feels very much like she's almost uh sort of all of the twist style sort of artful dodger mm. sort of gang with the thieves and called number nine because she's the ninth one found sort of thing um and sort of pinches the house and st- kicks off this whole um story on its on its head but a good protagonist also needs a really good crew about them of to bounce off and have japes. And that's what I love the idea of like Flabbergast, the wizard, Eric. Uh, and then obviously, uh, I can't remember if it, is it Dr. Spoon and Professor Dish or is it Professor Spoon? Yeah. And, that's it. Yeah. So I, was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to remember their monikers all the whole time. I'm like I writ Dish and Spoon. I'm like, I should have put the, put the, what they got on there. A really oh, interesting God. idea because there's such a sprinkle of magic throughout all of this. Um, and the pace was one of the things that really caught my eye about just how the beat just kept moving. There was always action. It felt very, you know, that sort of like Disney movie where like there's there's barely any sort of downtime. We just get really into the story and we get going. Uh, was that sort of like as the story progressed or was it a case of like, you know, you wrote everything to your heart's content and then the editor went, well, let's take this back a bit sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. Um, well, for a start, the the guys inside the house, the characters there, they haven't changed from the beginning. They they were always there. So when the right person knocked on the door, literally, those characters were waiting inside to be met. So that's nice. So they've they've technically been around for longer than nine, and I think that's that's quite telling because that's just just true. That that's how it is. They they would have been around for a lot longer than nine in reality, uh, whatever reality is when you're talking about magical middle grade books. Um, so yeah, that that was really nice to have them as the, the solid crew waiting to be found. Um, when I was writing it, I'd already got a very good sense of the characters and their individual voices. So I wanted to have a group of characters that were very distinct and their voices were very clear um, and having very different 
roles to play in the story. Uh, so I think that kind of really helped uh, just help the story roll on. Um, because it's quite a, a kind of a chaotic sort of spontaneous kind of feel to the story, the whole house itself is like that. It's very unpredictable. Um, one of the things I love about it is that even I don't know what is behind some of those doors. Um, you know, it's like in the kitchen cupboards. I don't know what is in the kitchen cupboards. And it could be something crazy if you just open one of the doors there. You think it's a normal kitchen cupboard. It could be anything. And to me, the house is still incredibly full of surprises. And that makes it a really exciting uh, thing to to create and, and work with. So much material there. So the fact that it is a very sort of... Uh, magical, chaotic, unpredictable kind of story uh, really suits me as a person because I am very chaotic and unpredictable and spontaneous. So it's very much, very much my voice. So I tend to write these stories without planning them and just let them roll because it just, to me, has that natural um unrolling of things but certainly for the first draft I just let it let it write and we'll, we'll work it out later it'll all be fine and to see what comes out um sometimes I have a vague idea of what the ending is going to be which is hugely helpful um but sometimes I don't and and in fact in in book two without giving spoilers because I mustn't give spoilers uh at the end of book two when I wrote that ending I had no idea it was going to be that until I literally wrote it. And I remember sitting back in my chair thinking, oh, my goodness, what have I just done? <laughs> and it, that just changed uh, a lot of the way that I, I felt about the series and, and, and what that meant. And I had no idea that that was coming. That wasn't an end goal that I planned towards. It just naturally came out in, in, in the creation of it. So it's it's really fun as a writer just to see where it goes really yeah it's it, that whimsy is right and I feel like when you have a magical world they're sort of built to have whimsy and you can have like strange like un, unknown sources of magic just leap out from the page at you mm -hmm. and you've teased there that we had a book two and we're now up to book three so book two was the tower at the end of time um where we sort of it was very much uh, revolving around flabbergast and the, the wizardy tournament I believe mm -hmm. um but this one, uh, which I've been given a lovely copy from Walker, um, is all about sort of secrets and witches was pretty much as I dove into it. It was something that I really picked up on the witchiness to it. And it feels like you've definitely sort of gone and sort of gone into sort of like Nine's backstory a little bit. There's mentions of like her mother in there and stuff like that. And like keeping secrets, trading secrets. I thought that was quite fun. Um, so when you sort of develop from the initial concept, and you said like you sat down, it turned from this uh, twins in modern day and it got flipped 200 years back and Nine came out of nowhere and she was just there waiting. Was it a trilogy in your mind or was this just a write and see where it, it comes up? And does that develop the same when you go into books two and three? It sounds like it was for book two. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, so to start with, it was just written as a standalone novel to see, you know, my first time at writing a middle grade novel um, and to see if there was any interest, to see if it worked, to see you know, if I enjoyed it, um, see if anyone wanted it. Uh, and it quickly became a sort of a, a two book deal. So I knew I had a second one. By the time we were editing the first book, it's like, great, there's another one to work with. Um, and as uh, we were working um with my my editor Gronio Clear at Walker, who is absolutely brilliant, um, and we were sort of talking through it, and I was saying, "Oh, I think there's another story to come." Uh, so we, we thought, "Yes, there'll, there'll be a book three. 
so by the time I'd finished sort of book two um I thought oh good you know there's going to be another one to come but then sort of as we were working on book two I was like oh I think there's another one to come <laughs> so um it became you know sort of a four book a four book one um so it's it's really lovely um and with with book three interestingly the title has been there for years I always knew there was going to be the bookshop at the back of beyond even before we'd I'd finished writing book two and certainly before we had the title for book two it took us a long time to decide the title for book two which ended up being tower at the end of time um but yeah we always had the bookshop at the back of beyond and the really fun thing again it's just the way this series has been created I had no idea what Beyond was or why there was a bookshop at the back of it. No idea at all. I just knew that was the title. So I thought, well, I'll work with that. How can I weave that into this world and this story? Um, so it was very much a, a kind of a surprise for me how that was going to work out. But we all loved the title, the bookshop at the back of Beyond. So I thought, well, I better write that then. So that's kind of how it came together. Ah, absolutely. I do love that. So sort of, the idea that you sort of under, start to learn the character, start to learn the world, realize there's more depth here. And that's really what I want to sort of tap into, because at nine as a character, you, you sort of see, obviously, um, from the sort of like the steps of book one, where you're like, you're, she was there waiting and she's discovering this strange house that can travel about. And then into, because I saw someone said it felt very like much like how's moving castle and I was like oh that is a very good comp I think that's quite a quite a good one if anyone is a fan I think a uh, fan of Howl's Moving Castle you should definitely check out House of the Edge of Magic and then this one here because you're sort of building on those steps you know did you like at any point sort of sit there and have to like go back into books one two just to work out like where you've come from so that way you may be like there's some easter eggs you could plant in for people who've like read the entire series little like nuggets of sort of like oh i dropped this back in book two because i knew there was going to be a book three so like this is i'm finally making good on that promise were you like i guess what i'm saying is like were you able to have some real fun with uh the development as a series rather than just as standalones Absolutely. Um, and it's quite interesting because it was always, oh, let's do one more. Let's do one more. You know, when I wrote book one, we didn't know there was going to be a book four. Um, you know, that that really wasn't on the cards. Uh, so when I wrote book one, um, it was not even knowing that book three was going to exist. Um, but I, I had this little game that I play with myself, which I also do with what I did with um, Pirate Blunderbeard. And that's um, when I'm writing, because I tend to write quite spontaneously, I'll just throw something in, which I've no idea really what it means or if it has any value, but I'll just pop it in there. And then it's kind of a challenge to myself, like, OK, well, make something of that and bring it into some kind of payoff at the end. Um, and that's a really, really fun way of writing because it keeps me very sharp creatively. I have to think laterally, how can I work this in? Um, so that was something like, say, I used to do with Pirate Blunderbeard with every book that I wrote. So I'd kind of trained myself to have fun doing that. And it's just incredibly fun. It's such an enjoyable, unpredictable way of working because you don't know what that is going to be. So when I was working on book three, um, I, I thought if I'd done this with House at the Edge of Magic and had put in those little challenges for me to pick up, what would I have put in? So I actually I did go through, read it through again, thinking, oh, that's an interesting little detail. That is an innocent little detail that was just there. But actually, I can take that now and give it a whole new meaning 
in the way that I now write it in that book, um, in, in a future book. And I, I love that. So although it looks like things have been really cleverly seeded, it's actually, um, I've, I've you know, just things that I put in that I thought, oh, that's nice. I like that. And then going back and saying, right, actually, let's take that. And let's explore that and expand that and and see what we can do with that, what we can make of the seemingly sort of throwaway thing or line or character or reference and do something special with it. And it's a really fun way to work. I mean, it's nuts, um, but it's, it's good fun. Oh, and this this was really good fun. I really enjoyed myself reading it. Like I said, there's lots of weird and wonderful stuff going on. There's a, a real heavy dose of sort of magical sort of like uh, imagination just sort of thrown at you. Uh, the bookshop at the back of beyond is out now from Walker Books. Do please go check it out at your friendly local bookshop, Watstones, uh, or online. You can find it wherever you want to grab your local books. Um, really absolutely adored this, Amy. I was very lucky that Walker sent me a copy and sort of sort of connected us for this chat today. Um, really has me excited and i think did you just tease something there that there's going to be a fourth book as well did i say that did i say that yes I, well yes there is there is i'm actually going to literally start writing it very very soon uh next week tomorrow actually because that's monday so <laughs> start writing it tomorrow um which is really, really exciting that that will be the last book um in the series it oh. will be the last book in the series <laughs> so. <laughs> fair enough well that that's very exciting isn't it yeah absolutely which i mean obviously that's going to keep you pretty busy for, for a bit of time but are you working on any other things at the moment obviously i know some uh, authors dive into a single book and just work on that solitaire but do you have any other projects in the pipeline I do. I do. I actually really enjoy um, spinning multiple plates. Uh, I'm, I'm normally writing lots of different things at the same time. Um, so I'm about to start writing another repair shop story. Um, I work with them again. That's through Walker. Um, and it's lovely working on the repair shop stories. Are absolutely gorgeous. So lovely. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. Uh, and I'm also currently nearly finished book one uh, of a new chapter book series. Um, which, well, I hope it's going to be a chapter book series. That's my plan. So that's really good. Again, it's got a sprinkle of magic, but not in the sort of sort of witchy and wizardy kind of magic. Ex exploring it in a different way. So I like to try different things. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm working on at the moment. Oh, tons to keep you busy. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like you are going to be very busy. So we're going to let you at some point. We're going to disappear from that. Let you get back to the writing desk. However, um, before we do say goodbye on this uh, episode of the podcast we are going to go on to competition time so yes lovely listeners it's competition time uh, we want to offer one of you lovely listeners the chance of grabbing yourself your own copy of the bookshop at the back of beyond um how do you get your hands on it well you head over to our twitter that's at big kids book club that's all one long lovely word there you're going to retweet and like our competition post with the hashtag beyond comp that's beyond comp and we always add a quizzy question to the mix. So uh, one of the things I absolutely adored, Amy, was the fact that there's so much stuff. It's very much, it was at one point I thought I was in the middle of like Beauty and the Beast where like the books came alive and stuff just started to, inanimate objects were just uh, doing their thing. There's a candle and a flame that sort of comes to life, um, which has me wondering like, if you could have any sort of everyday inanimate object come to life and talk to you and you could have conversations with, what would it be? Um, Amy, is there something that you'd love to chat to? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, I, I think I'd want to talk to a key, actually. I think I would like to talk to an old an old key, very old key. 
that's that's quite cool yeah maybe like a skeleton key that opens many doors um <laughs> yeah that's absolutely fine i i think for me i would uh love to be able to sort of chat to like a kettle or something like that as a quite a quite quite a, quite a, a voracious uh coffee drinker the idea has just been like oh Kettle, could you put yourself on, please? Uh, I fancy another cuppa rather than to get up. I'm so lazy. <laughs> I'm so lazy. Get up and actually go and make my cup of tea. If I could have a a, a, a kettle come to life, so I could we could make tea. That'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> or, but that's just some of ours. Um, we're gonna let you, lovely listeners, go crazy with this. Tell us what weird and wonderful inanimate objects you could do with a sprinkle a bit of magic on and let them come to life. And uh, we're gonna pick one of you, lucky listeners. To win a copy of the bookshop at the back of beyond how's that sound amy sounds amazing thank you very much <laughs> it sounds pretty good and this has been pretty good it's been a fantastic to meet you amy and get chatting about your books um before i do let you disappear though i want you to let our lovely listeners know how they can find out more about you and your books do you have a website or some social media they can go to I do, I do. Uh, you can go to www.amysparks.co.uk and that's Sparks with an E. Um, so I have to say that. Um, I'm also on Twitter um, as Amy Sparks and I'm also on Instagram as um, Amy underscore Sparks. Fantastic. And to you, lovely listeners, we hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, don't forget the Bookshop of the Back of Beyond is out now at all good friendly local bookshops online at Waterstones. So make sure you go and check it out. Also, like I said, if you are a fan of House Moving Castle, you know, go back, check out that first book, The House at the Age of Magic, because it is fantastic. You know, really why like wrap yourself up in this uh, very cozy magical series. Um, but that is all the time we're gonna have. So don't forget to head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club to join in that lovely competition and also find out about our website bigkidsbookclub.com there you can find additional reviews previews and over 180 episodes of the podcast so if you are just finding this oh boy do you have some catching up to do but that is all the time we have for this week so until next time all i have left for you is to sell you to stay safe take care but most importantly to keep on reading <laughs>